This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name's Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper, and with me, as always, is the beat writer, the heart of Giants Nation. Nobody beats the biz. Chris Bizignano, and with us today is our special <laughs> guest, the winner of our contest, which was completely random. So I don't know if people thought that we picked this guy because he just we just felt like you know, we like Las Vegas or whatever, but I even put a video out of the, the selection process, which was a bunch of names who said they were interested in a hat, and Fisk Vegas is the winner. Fisk, Ricky, I believe your real name is. Congratulations, yeah. and welcome to the show, buddy. You'll be hosting today. Hey, it feels good. I'm, I'm talking Giants with the two best in the business. We got the YouTube world and the professional side of the beat world you know, colliding right now. This is great. Nice. Ricky, welcome, my man. Um, congratulations on winning, and we're looking forward to you, you know, jumping in with us for the next hour on this podcast. And uh, Ricky, tell us, are you, are, do you live in Vegas? I assume. I mean, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I'm actually, I live in North Carolina. Oh, NC guy. Okay. Yes, yeah. I'm a Carolina guy, just like our quarterback. I am a Carolina guy, <laughs> and of course, I am a YouTuber. Fist Vegas Blue is my channel. Okay. So I talk Giants kind of for a living, just like you do. But, you know, for the most part, in my spare time, I do, you know, I direct a little bit. I also work on sports betting, you know, especially with it being legal around yeah. the country now. It's a, lot of, it's a lot easier and acceptable to do it. No more, you know, trips to Western Union like it was 10 years ago. <laughs> so it's a little bit easier. But for the most part... I enjoy making great content for my fans and being a YouTuber. You know, that's pretty much what I do. Nice. All right, Rick. So, look, you're a North Carolina guy. Daniel Jones is a Carolina guy. So, let's get into it. So, tell us, you know, what do you feel What do you feel about Daniel? I think we all, it's all safe to assume that we all know this is the big year for Daniel. How you feel about him? Tell us what you think, what kind of year you think he's going to have. And is this going to be it for Daniel and all that? Go ahead. Let us have it. Okay, I love the kid. I'm his biggest fan. Uh, when he got drafted, I did a video. It was called uh, Peyton Manning with Wheels. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been getting about it since draft night. <laughs> Listen, uh, if you, just for 90 seconds, I got to plead my Daniel Jones case because he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done for this team. I think what we saw the last six weeks of the season, us mm-hmm. not being able to cross the 50, us, you know, Jake Fromm having like 25 yards through three quarters against the Eagles. That's the real Giants without Daniel Jones. When Daniel Jones is the quarterback, we were competent, we were competitive. The last time we saw Daniel Jones, he was he beat the Eagles. I pulled it up just so I, you know, to make sure I was correct. After that Eagle game that Daniel Jones won, we were a game out of the wild card with tiebreakers over the Saints and tiebreakers over the Eagles. That's where we were with Daniel Jones. Without Daniel Jones, of course, we we reverted to free sodas and QB sneaks. <laughs> Daniel Jones, throughout his Giants tenure, when we've needed him, he's always showed up for us. We don't get robbed on Sunday night versus the Eagles if Daniel Jones doesn't beat the Cowboys at 1 o'clock. He threw two touchdowns in that game. Both games versus Washington were big for the division. He won those that year. We got robbed versus Tampa Bay. Daniel Jones had a great comeback drive that game, but you know they took off our two-point conversion and we didn't go to overtime. If you look at last year, the 400 yards versus the Saints when everybody was healthy, 
Right. He had 350 combined yards versus Washington week two, but Darius Slayton couldn't catch one ball for us. He trucks, what was it, Grady Jarrett week three versus Atlanta, but Adoree Jackson can't get the pick to close the game. And then even without the Eagles tanking, Daniel Jones throws a perfect ball to Evan Ingram versus the Eagles, who we didn't beat for years until Daniel Jones showed up, and he drops it. So I'm looking at Daniel Jones, and like, if you give him the Eagle game, you give him the Washington game, you give him the Falcon game, maybe he beats Brady in overtime. We look at him differently, but because he's Daniel Jones, and I feel like the media wants to be right about him so bad. They want him him to fail so bad they give him no credit. His rookie season was one of the greatest rookie seasons we've ever seen. Look at the numbers. He didn't win, but if you look at the stats, he's the only quarterback in NFL history to have three 300-yard games with four-plus touchdowns and no pick. He threw a touchdown every single game of his rookie year, and most importantly, he did that, throwing to Darius Slayton and Katie Smith with no offensive line, Saquon in and out of the lineup, and he gets no credit. But yet, Trevor Long, who had one of the worst rookie seasons I've ever seen considering the hype, everybody wants to give him a pass. So we throw away Daniel Jones and say he does nothing but fumble when he goes 24-12 and 12 in 12 games. But Trevor Lawrence can throw like 12 touchdowns in 17 games and we sweep it under the rug because the media wants to be right about him being the next Andrew Luck. That's not fair. So so you, so you, it's safe to say you think Daniel is going to have a good enough year for Brian Dable and Joe Shane to say, hey, this is our guy. We're going to tag him or we're going to work on an extension. I do you want better. Remember a few minutes ago I said I do sports bet for a lot of my income? If right now, NFL coach of the year, coach of the year odds, Brian Dable is plus 1,400. He's number two, only to Brandon Staley for coach of the year. That's what Vegas, that's how highly Vegas thinks of Brian Dable. Brian Dable only gets those odds if, if Daniel Jones does well. Because Daniel Jones, it, this is going to be Jared Goff, Sean McVay all over again. So Brian Dable is going to come in. He's going to fix Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones will probably throw between 30 and 35 touchdowns. They'll give all that credit to Brian Dable. And then Brian Dable will get that coach of the year victory. So if you want to make some money, Giants fans, put your money on Brian Dable to win coach of the year at plus 1,400, and you can just thank me later because Daniel Jones <laughs> will have a great season. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Right. So you bring up a lot of good points, and I'll be honest, a lot of what-ifs, right? What if a Dory Jackson caught the ball? What if Slayton didn't drop him? Ingram, I, I kind of I agree that there's been some bad luck. And, and look, he's been behind one of the worst offensive lines in football, basically the, the continuation of what Eli Manning went through. And there have been times where you get excited to see him, to, to see him perform. But, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate, what do you think of the injury issue with Daniel? Are you, are you concerned there? I'm going to be honest with you. That neck injury scared me. That scared me. I still don't know if it happened during the Bucks game or the Eagle game, but hey, that's water under the bridge. Yeah. Um, to be, you know what? Here's the deal. All these rushing quarterbacks nowadays get hurt. Mahomes is always dealing with something. Uh, you know, Dak's always getting dinged up. Now, most of these quarterbacks who are mobile, they tend to get dinged up. I just hope that Daniel Jones can stop getting the big injuries, like. Year two, what did he have, a high ankle sprain and a hamstring problem? Year two, yeah. year three, he has the neck injuries. 
But, you know, a lot of these mobile quarterbacks are starting to get dinged up because they run out the pocket so much and they get, they're getting hit more. You know, notice the Tom Brady's, the Kirk Cousins, Eli Manning's, Peyton Manning's. You know, those guys never really got hurt. But this new generation of quarterback that like to run around a lot, Joe Burrow, his rookie year, he got hurt. You know, it's hard to keep these quarterbacks who aren't stationary. It's hard to keep them healthy. But hopefully with that mountain Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, you know, we can set them out. Rick, you there? Yes. Okay, we lost you. Just make sure you're in that microphone. Um, Rick, so last week me and Jerry, we talked about, you know, what we're looking forward to in training camp. We, we hit up on the offense a little bit and all that. So as we go into camp, you know, which is now a month away, um, tell us, you know, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to in this camp? The number one thing I'm looking forward to is Wandell Robinson. Looking forward to Wandale because we don't know when Shepard's coming back. So I actually expect Wandale to be our day one starter in the slot. Uh, you guys have been getting me excited about Bellinger. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Well, that's because, real quick, that's because the rest of the field is is okay. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, we're excited about Bellinger, but it's also a product of what he's up against. Go ahead, Ricky. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. So I'm looking forward to Really, when it comes to training camp, I just want my guys to be healthy. I, I need yeah. Galladay to get the red jersey off. I need Tony to get the red jersey off. Thank God Kayvon's hip is okay. You know, I just want the guys to get out of training camp healthy because I know our defense has been good for two years now. So it can only get better of a Wink Martindale. So I kind of don't – I don't want to say I don't pay the defensive side any attention because I am concerned a little bit about uh, Aaron Robinson and Julian Love being our second corner and now our new strong safety. So I would pay attention to that. But most of my attention is going to be on Wandell, Shane Lemieux, and Evan Neal. Those are my three guys who I'm paying the most attention to because we need Shane Lemieux to be good. We need Evan Neal to be good. And Wandell Robinson, that kid, tore the SEC up last year. So I really can't wait to see him play live games. Yeah, well, you know, we, I got a glimpse of what they're thinking with Wandell. Um, how they're going to use him in this off-season program, and, and, and I think people are going to really like this kid. I mean, um, I was talking to Jerry about it, you know, and I put it on Twitter and everything he was doing in the off-season. To me, he had the best off-season out of all these kids. Um, you know, Kayvon was had the red jersey on in the mini camp, but Robinson really flashed. He really flashed. And now I, I know it's the shorts. I, I get all that before. Oh, it's just shorts and not playing. But this kid really flashed. I, I think this kid really bring. And I, there was one play. That I talked about when Daniel hit him on a go, where he beat Aaron Robinson. Robinson had great coverage, but he really adjusted well to the ball for a touchdown from Daniel. And to me, that was the most impressive thing that Wandell did this offseason. The way he adjusted to the ball in the air to come down with this throw from Daniel with Aaron Robinson all over him. So, yeah, that's that's something to really look forward to. Uh, as we look, you know, let's touch up into the defense a little bit, <clears throat> Jerry. You know, I think. Everybody's concern is going to be what? It's going to be CB2, right? Yeah, yeah. Adoree Jackson. Who's going, who's going to win it? We all know Aaron Robinson right now is the inside track, but that doesn't mean he's going to win the job. That's what training camps are for. That's what preseason's for and all that. So, Jerry, you know, as we touch on the defense, you know, camp a month away, um, is that your biggest concern? And, Ricky, is that your biggest concern, CB2 opposite of Adoree? For me, I'll go first, Rick. For me, 
Absolutely on the defensive side of the ball because you look at the front seven and it's you're more excited than anything. There's question marks, but look, you have a, a kid on, on the one side, Ojolari, had a really good rookie year. Everybody's excited about Thibodeau. You're excited about what you brought in in the middle. Uh, McFadden, Beavers, those, those guys can contribute. Blake Martinez is returning. The defensive line, for the most part, is pretty solid, right? And, and if Dexter Lawrence can play his, you know, his nat- what we think is his more natural position in the middle, um, that, that's a lot to be excited about in the front seven. They could really do some things up there. Safety position, I'm not concerned about Julian Love at the second safety spot, and, and McKinney's a budding star. It's absolutely, by a mile, that second cornerback spot. Is it Aaron Robinson? Is it, I mean, Darnay Holmes is still in play. It's probably not him, but, but is it him? Right? Is it, um, you know, is it, is it Cordell Flott's probably, you know, that, that's asking a lot to come in as the second cornerback. He's probably going to be a slot corner. You know, he's going to battle that with, with, with Darnay Holmes probably. So it's going to be Aaron Robinson most likely in that second cornerback spot. And <clears throat> while I believe in his ability, it's, it is the biggest question mark by a mile on the right. defensive side of the ball. Rick? Go ahead, Ricky. Well, my biggest concern on defense is – not necessarily the second corner spot because if Wink Martindale sending that heat and it's hitting home, I mean we won two Super Bowls with Corey and Aaron, oh Corey and Aaron Ross at cornerback. So if the heat's getting there, the secondary doesn't have to be perfect. But I want, I need to see what Dexter Lawrence can do. Can he be that inside guy that takes away the run like Snacks did for us a couple years? Because we gave him the fifth year option. So. We got to see if he was worth that 17th pick because I think Bill Delari is stud. Kayvon's going to be a stud. Blake Martinez, we know how he does it. We're good on that. You know, between Xavier McKinney and we have a Dory Jackson, that's more than what a lot of teams have. So the back end doesn't concern Into me. Into the mic, Rick. Into the mic. Yeah, into the mic, Rick. The back end doesn't concern me as much, but making sure we can plug that run up with Dexter Lawrence, that's my biggest concern with the defense do we have that run stopper that that guaranteed you know run eater in the middle of the defense that's where i'm at rick were you surprised he got the fifth year mm, no because what would it, what, what was the alternative no that's fair it's fair answer yeah and it's 20 it's 10 million a year too very doable yeah you know um and they like dexter lawrence you know yeah. and look dexter hasn't been a tomato dexter's been a pretty good player here you know he's been a pretty good player here and there's no question that Wink likes what he, you know, what he could do, especially playing that zero. You know, he's gonna be playing, he's gonna be playing over that center a lot. You know, so yep. <coughs> I think Dexter, that was a pretty smart move, Jerry, by them. Like I said, it yeah. didn't break the bank, Jerry. It's ten million next year, the, the fifth year, and the Giants are gonna have a lot of money under the cap. Um, so I, you know, I have no problem with that move at all. But Ricky, were you were you a little surprised that Daniel didn't get his fifth year picked up? Only mistake Joe Shane has made this offseason. That was that was bad. That I thought it was disrespectful to be honest with you. It, that that was terrible. He's the best player on our team by a mile. Without, wow. We, we were we were the laughing stock of the league when Daniel Jones got hurt. That offense went from okay, we know it's bad, <laughs> but it went from we know it's bad to like may God have mercy on us that we have to watch this every Sunday. Could we cross the fifty? Can we get in field goal range at this point? Like, I mean, if this was baseball, Daniel Jones would probably get MVP votes for win, wins above replacement at that point. Is but, this Daniel Jones? Is this really Daniel Jones? <laughs> are you his agent? But, 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 all right, so 
you know, hey, look, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns got Paul Heyman, Daniel Jones has me. But here's the, here's the <laughs> thing, fellas. He, he, all, 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 honestly, I'm his biggest fan, right? Yeah, I see that. If, if Daniel Jones does what I think he's going to do, what he's going to do, why not make him do it twice for $23 million? Instead of risking Daniel Jones being able to hit the free agent market and happen to give him a $35, franchise, $35 million franchise tag, the Giants have already put themselves in a position to lose because at that point, Dak won. Kirk Cousins ended up winning. You never win when you bet against your quarterback. When you don't give Daniel Jones the option, now we're basically in the, the Dak Prescott situation, the Kirk Cousins situation where it's like, we don't want to give him you know, top dollar because he, he, you know, he hasn't done this a lot. But at the same time, we can't let him go because he's the best we got. And that's how Kirk Cousins keeps getting all these big deals. That's how Dak ends up getting $40 million instead of $33 million they could have given him two years prior. We don't win. It's a lose-lose. It, it just is. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, it is – Jerry, Rick Fisk Vegas is all in on Daniel, man. You know, And, and look – you have a lot more confidence than most most Giant fans have, uh, Rick. There's no question about it, man. Most Giant fans are very up in the air. And look, there's a lot of question marks still, and we'll see how this plays out. I'm pulling for Daniel. Jerry's pulling for Daniel. We hope, you know, we hope this kid really has a big year. Um, but we'll see. You know, we're gonna have to see. But you know, tell, Rick, tell me why you think you know Brian Dable's gonna help out Daniel's game this year. Oh, you know, I, I'll, I'll keep the, <clears throat> I'll keep this one short and sweet. He put up 50 on Belichick in the playoff game. All I need to see. Uh, uh, offense that good. Play caller that good. Mike Kafka was the pass game coordinator for Kansas City, right? So the Quarterback coach, yeah. Yeah. So pass game coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the guy calling those Tyreek Hill crazy plays that get him open down the field. All those shovel passes at the goal line Mahomes does and everything. So, I mean, the offense – we're going from the worst offense in the history of modern football. With you know, I called them the three stooges, uh, Kitchens, Garrett, and Judge. I mean, the <laughs> offense was a mess. So we're going from that to the greatest divisional game we I've ever seen. I'm 32 years old. You guys may have seen a better one, but since I've been on this earth, that Kansas City Buffalo might have been the greatest divisional game I've ever seen. And we've got two important figures of, from each team calling plays for our offense now. And we have a quarterback that can that can do anything. That that the Panther game, he had an Odell Beckham level catch in, in the in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady take notes. Okay. <laughs> the, the the run he had versus the Eagles where he tripped. Not a lot of quarterbacks can hit that speed. Okay. Is PFF raved about how great his deep wall ball was going into the twenty twenty one season. I you know for some strange reason Joe Judge and Garrett were allergic to calling, you know, go routes of letting Daniel Jones throw the ball down the field. I don't know why, but we have a quarterback that can do it all. There's not a throw he can't make. There's not a run he can't execute. And he's the hardest working guy in the building. This what guy, he, come, hmm? What does he need to improve on, Rick? The main thing I see from Daniel Jones needing approval, he need to go out there and improvise a little bit more. I feel like he plays within the confines of the offense too much. Like, I need to see him run out. The, well, we got the worst offensive line ever. Well, not anymore, but before. Run out the pocket. Throw a crossbody throw. Run out the pocket. Bomb the ball deep. But Colin Cowherd, on his show, he, he tells this story 
about having dinner with Jason Garrett. And he said Jason Garrett told him that we he, – he told Daniel Jones, if you throw picks with Benchy, no more turnovers. So I really think that, that Jason Garrett and Joe Judge stunted his growth because Daniel Jones was so scared to make a mistake mm. that maybe he didn't roll out the pocket and make that extra play. Maybe he looked off Galladay down the field because he didn't want to risk throwing it into double coverage, which is what we paid Galladay to do, which is go catch balls down the field in double coverage. I'm thinking the main thing Daniel has to do is make – Plays, just go out there and make something happen. So that's what uh, that's what Brian Dable wants. He wants the aggressiveness, and that's something he's going to be. So in Daniel's yeah, year, yeah. all training camp about he, you know, he he doesn't mind throwing some picks in practice. He wants to be aggressive. He wants him to take shots, and that's what you're going to see. Um, but Jerry, let's, let's shift back to the defense. Um, and Rick will shift shift back to the defense. Hang, hang on, Rick. Can I, Chris, can I ask one more question? Sure, I feel like yeah, Columbo. I feel like a little Columbo moment here. Let me ask one more question. So, actually, two parts. One, are you concerned? Because I think the biggest thing Jones does wrong is he stares down his primary read and doesn't look off. One, and then two. Your opinion on this one, Rick? Do you blame the uh, offensive coaching or the line more for what happened over the last couple of years? I'm going to go with the coaching because okay. the our line was worse his rookie season. Yeah. But I feel like he Pat this was Pat Shermer's guy. He was drafted to run Pat Shermer's offense, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you don't fire Pat Shermer and you give Pat Shermer Danny for the last two seasons – He's not looking off receivers. He, you know, he knows the offense. He's comfortable in the offense. He knows where people are going to be. I yeah. think the staring down of the receivers is really a product of him not being comfortable in the offense. Wide receivers are always hurt. He can't get any continuity with the guys. Yeah. The only wide receiver who's been consistently on the field is Darius Slayton, and he couldn't catch. He couldn't catch a hundred dollar bill if you put it in his hand. So <laughs> I mean, like my gosh, I, I he, he why is he? Let me not act up. I was just okay. going to say, why, why is he here? Like, if they, like, if he drops a ball on third down again or if we throw to him for the game, I'm holding everybody accountable. I'm going to be mad at Shane. I'm going to be mad at Dable for having him on the field. I'm going to be mad at Daniel Jones for throwing on the ball. I mean, come on. Like, we've seen wide receivers. I'm Ron St. Brown didn't have anything he produced. Terry McLaurin hasn't had anything in Washington. He produces. When you're a wide receiver and you're good, you make your quarterback better, and you don't need perfect quarterbacks to go out there and produce. Larry Fitzgerald produced. DeAndre Hopkins produced. You don't need some all-world quarterback to get you the ball if you're a oh, good that's receiver. true. Rick, they're also true number one receivers, too. I mean, Slayton's not a true number one. Like, no, DeAndre, you, the DeAndre done. Hopkins, you know, and Devontae Adams, those guys are true number ones. They're going to, you know, Darius is not there. But let me... Let me let me let me ask you this: Is Darius Slayton a surprise cut in training camp this year? Surprise is a strong word, but I don't see how he. I guess out of necessity because after Wandale, what do we have? But I mean, I I, I think we trade him. I think I think somebody gets hurt in Green Bay. Somebody something happens in, you know, uh, uh, uh Baltimore. There's other places that need a receiver. I think we try and shop them. Last week, I was talking with Jerry, and and, and uh, I said, Jerry, Kadarius Tony is going to have a monster year in this offense. Uh, am I wrong, Rick, in saying that? I think you're a 1,000% right. Uh, he's our number one, 
and I talked about chemistry. Him and Daniel Jones, it works. The the three games that we saw Tony that first drive against the Rams, he was killing it. I mean, he ate, you know, what's his name? Deion yeah. Sanders. Yeah. You know, he ate Deion Sanders alive in that Cowboy game. Yep. You know, you know, you know, they got Deion Sanders, Revis, you know, Diggs is just the greatest <laughs> thing ever. He ate him alive. And then he had a great game versus the Saints. I mean, Tony is electric. He gets the ball when he gets the ball in his hands and he starts cutting up the field, you know, I don't see anybody no other receivers that good with the ball in his hands. Tyreek may be faster, Mike Evans may be bigger, but I mean, just give Tony to call a screen at the line of scrimmage and let Tony do his thing, you know? <laughs> I'm all in on Kadarius as long as he, of course, stays healthy. Okay, Chris, you wanted to jump to the defense. Yeah, listen, the defense, give me a surprise guy that wins a starting position. Uh, either, you know, corner, linebacker. Is anybody you feel, Jerry and Rick, that's, that wins a position that really wasn't supposed to win? Um, uh, I want to say Cordell Flat over Darnay Holmes, probably. Okay, that's a good one. Jerry? No, I agree. I think that's a good one as well. Uh, I, I still would like to see what happens with Holmes with a new coaching staff. I, I just feel like, you know, he was our rookie of the year a couple of years ago and he just fell out of favor with Judge. Um, or last, fell out of favor last year, I should say. I, I, but that's a good one. That's a, that's a real good selection, Ricky. Hey, quick question. Uh, can I, how do y'all feel? Do you feel Joe Judge deserved that 30? Do you think he got a raw deal? If Gettleman wasn't there, he would have got a third year. I think that's my that's my belief. Um, I don't think you get a role like he did. Look, man, did a lot of wrong things, and what sealed his fate was second and eight quarterback sneak from whatever it was, the five or the ten. I think ultimately that was we cannot have a coach do that in the profession in professional football, especially for the Giants with what you know the the the. the uh, the saying around here used to be Giants pride. Now it's together blue. You can't do that. But I do think he would have got a third year if Gettleman, um, if it was a different GM and Gettleman wasn't there. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I don't know about a raw deal. He kind of sank himself, you know, but yeah. if circumstances were different, you know, it was a very tough call for John Mara to fire Joe Judge. A very, very difficult call. Um, that actually went down to the wire. He was going back and forth with it. And he wound up making a change on it. So, but that's that's in the past, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you fi- you figure, especially after that first year. But yeah, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that, that's that's in the past, and you know, I know a lot talk about Judge, but let's, you know, hopefully, the offense, Jerry, mostly is going to be a lot different, man, a lot different looking, you know. Um, yeah. We expect it to be. And look, Judge was very conservative at times. We all know that, you know, and we don't expect that at a table, bro. You know, we don't expect that at a table. So as far as the defensive guy, you know, I'm going to go, look, I'm going to give maybe a surprise. You guys went with Cordell Flat. Uh, excuse me, Flat. Um, that was a good one. I like that one. I'm going to look at a Micah McFadden, maybe. <coughs> maybe winning that job over Tay Crowder on the inside. Um, that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. So as it, so a little bit of a surprise, I'm going to go maybe maybe Micah McFadden, Jerry, wins that inside spot next to Blake. Good. That's a good one. Ricky, you, you, you sticking with Cordell? 
I'm sticking with Cordell, but I like McFadden. That that would be a great. I think that'd be a great surprise. I wouldn't be mad at it. Right. Um, I'm gonna. I would like to see where Beavers ends up too, because they were high on him. Yeah. And Syverson, we had him on. He loved the value there in the sixth round. Like, I'd love to see where he, you know, if he's competing there or if they have him on the outside, and you know, kind of doing what um, Carter Coughlin did his rookie year. You know, kind of coming in and spelling. I. Interesting to see him. I think you know he's going to make the team, but see what a big role he plays. I, I'm not saying he's going to start or anything like that. But when everyone says McFadden, I also say, you know what? I want to see what Beavers does too. But anyway, that's what you got camp for, brother. You know. Yep. And yep. a month from now, they all you know start throwing the pads on the beginning of August, and that's what you know we'll start seeing what we have. Yeah. You know. So, um, and you're listening to the Giant Insider podcast with our special guest tonight, Fisk Vegas, my man Ricky here throwing some giant stuff around. So. So, Rick, you have a good feeling about this Giant team going into camp? Is it, it seems to be the buzz around, you know, Giant fan base is excitement. They can't wait to go see the team. Uh, do you make a trip up? Do you check out any training camp practices? I know, you know obviously, the last two years because of COVID, but now it's back. So, uh, are you planning on making a trip up? No, I won't be able to make a trip up this summer. You know, one day, I would like to go up to... Met life and you know actually see a Giants game. The only time I actually got a chance to see the Giants play was when I was living in Miami, and they came to uh, Sun Life. So that was my only experience watching the Giants play. So one day I would like to go to see training camp, get an up close, uh, personal view, tailgate one day, go to a real game. That's so definitely on my bucket list in New York, not in Florida, <laughs> but in New York. You know I want to go see them play. Was that the Odell Beckham game, Fisk? Yes, I definitely, that was the, you know, it, that was great. And I got a chance to see Eli, got a chance to see Odell. So yeah, yeah. my he only had two touchdowns game. in that game, right? He had one where he toe tap and then the bomb. I missed that. Well, everything you just said right there, please, Tony, please be that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're just bringing up, it feels good to talk, <laughs> feels good to talk about good things from the Giants past. You, you, know? you know, Rick, uh, me and Jerry were talking about this last week too. And, you know, See what Kadarius did when he was healthy last year. See how he flashed. You know, I always said that when Odell was on the Giants and when he was 100%, that nobody could cover him in man. Nobody. I don't give a crap. Who the, the Jalen Ramsey's and all that shit. Nobody could cover Odell in man. Um, and I tell you what, I'm not going to put him in Odell's class yet, but when you look at a kid, a kid like Kadarius Tony and his feet, and what he could do off the line of scrimmage. And what he did to some guys last year, especially like you mentioned before, you know, Trevin Diggs, you know, who was one of the better corners last year in football. I tell you what, man, man. Put, go ahead. You want to go play man on Kadarius Tony? All I could say is good luck. Because this kid off that line of scrimmage, man, he did some things. He flashed some things last year. And good luck, man, because I'll take my chances with Kadarius Tony in man coverage against anybody in this league. Am I wrong, Rick? No, you're a thousand percent right. Because Marshawn Lattimore was one of the best corners in the. He's really one of the best corners in the league. Not really the fake hype of Diggs. Yeah. He ate him. Yep. If you just, especially like the hype of Diggs at the time. So you go from eating Marshawn, then you eat Lattimore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you eat Diggs. I mean, come on. What else do you need to see? Devontae Smith, that you know, the piece of paper in Philly, he didn't have anything like that. No. No, this, this, 
there, there's nobody with feet like Kadarius Tony. Look, I, I'm excited about Tony, dude. I know a lot of Giant fans are down, and trust me, when he missed the OTAs the first week this year, I was same way. I was like, "Come on, Kadarius, what are we doing? We have a whole new system, a whole new coaching staff. You got to get your butt in there." You know what I mean? I and I understand the frustration. You know, the shoe uh, last year started off on the wrong foot. No pun intended. You know, and all <laughs> that stuff. He had the COVID a few times. But, dude, I got to be honest with you, man. I I see this kid in front of me in practice, man. And and last year, I mean, I I said some things to Jerry, and I put it on Twitter. Like, this kid is electric, man. I'm telling you, you got to see this kid in person. Right, Jerry? You remember me saying? Like, you got to see this kid in person, man. I'm excited about him, man. I I, I think the kid's going to be a monster this year. I could be dead wrong, Rick, Jerry, but I can't wait to see this kid rolling next month and hopefully rolling in September, man. No, I, I think, I, I, dude, I, I think he's absolutely, I feel like it's another guy we're adding. Like I said, I think the last podcast, it's almost like a, a, a kid that we just drafted because he played so little last year. And what we saw of him was so exciting. And what he did to, uh, like you said, what he did to, to Dion 2.0, he embarrassed him. That's one of the, you know, supposedly one of the, the best up and coming corners in the league. Right. So I feel like it's an extra draft pick that we got this year because he, because all the weird issues that happened with him, like you said, started out with COVID, the, the, the shoe issue, and then he was injured for most of the year. We really only got a small glimpse of him, man. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break, um, and we'll be right back after these words. Hang on one second. And we're back. All right, Rick, sorry, man. Uh, I wanted to, you, you want to give your thoughts on Tony, bud. Go ahead. I actually had a question for y'all about Tony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on my channel... I started doing these Giants conspiracy videos, you know. And one of my... What what videos? Giants conspiracy type videos, like... Conspiracy? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you know, just having fun. Like, I'm not saying that this happened. Like, like last week, I said, did Joe Shane leak the Evan Neal medicals? And did he pretend to not like Kayvon so he would fall to us? You know, just having some fun, you know? Right. So, my next video I was going to do was... Did did Joe Shane leak those trade rumors to get his button camp? No, because, no, he, he, no, that didn't happen. Because I was no. wondering, I was like, wait a minute, we're trading Kadarius Tony, get out of town. He's all like, his future is so bright. And I look at Giants fans, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, Giants fans, like let's relax. If if he's good enough for the Chiefs, if he's good enough for the Packers, if he's good enough for the Patriots, all these trade rumors, he's good enough for us. Trust me. <laughs> you know, what they, not... Look, what they did do, and Brian Dable did it in one of the presses, one of his presses with us, is that he did mention about how he's not getting the playbook till he comes in. Okay. And I don't know if you remember that back in uh, May um, when he wasn't in OTA and, you know, the COVID days were over. You know, you didn't get the co- you didn't get the playbook over via Zoom or whatever the hell. <clears throat> Computer-wise, now you had to be in person to get the playbook. And Dable said that. He goes, well, you know, so he's not getting the playbook till he gets here. That was their way a little bit of lighting the fire on the Kadarius. Oh, uh, okay. The subliminal get your, you know, get your butt in here. You know what I mean? As far as Joe Shane spreading, no. Um, Joe Shane, look, after this, some of the turmoil, not turmoil, but some of the things that was going on with Kadarius, he received some calls, and, he, and that's part of his job. Uh, I, I know a few people called him and said, hey, listen, uh, you know, we, we, we hear maybe it's not going great with Kadarius. He's not your draft pick. Are you interested in moving him? You know, uh, what would it take? And whatever discussion happened. Yeah, but that's Joe Shane's job. But, but here's the difference that, you know, 
when that came out, Rick, you know, the media, some people in the media, and it kind of came out that Joe Shane was actively trying to move him, <clears throat> which wasn't the case. But he was receiving phone calls. Now, there's a big difference between you calling people and you receiving phone calls. You get what I'm saying? Very true. Very so Joe true. wasn't out there, you know, calling Miami, calling, listen, we're looking to move this kid, you know. But what was going on around the building, and, you know, people were sneaking around like, you know, Hey, what's the story with you and Kadarius? Are you looking to move him and all that? So that, that's what happened there. Um, but look, Shane, Shane came out at draft night, and he was asked again about Kadarius. And I don't know if you remember this, but Joe Shane says, we're not trying to trade Kadarius Tony. That is not true. And look, I don't know Joe Shane well yet, but I have been around him, okay? Um, I could tell the way he said that. He kind of was making a point of, cut the shit, guys. We're not trying to trade this kid. Okay. Um, but so, Chris, to, to his other point, uh, you know, the, the lack of interest in someone is, is obvious. That, that could, that, everybody does that. Like, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't even, does, who, where's he play? Like, yeah, absolutely that happens. Yeah. But do you think <laughs> they leak medicals on these guys, Chris? I think they do. Or, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's all part of the game, Jerry. That's all part of the draft game, bro. How would you feel, though, if you were a player and they did that? Would I, you be pissed? If I found that, I'd be pissed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. Jerry, it's been done before, dude. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. been done before numerous times. Okay, so yeah, I, I wasn't too Shane, crazy. I'm not, I'm not right. accusing okay. Shane of doing that. Right, I'm just right, saying right. those are the games that happened before the draft, Jerry. No yeah. question about it, bro. Hey, yeah. look, guys, we've we've had so much bad luck the past few years that when something that good happened to us, I was looking, I was yeah. trying to figure out how. I'm like, how did this happen? How do we get Kayvon and Evan Neal? Like, this yeah, is all yeah. right. Yeah, no, listen. How? The corners it, went it, high. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, that fell right for the Giants. And I, I, I'm telling listen, guys, I, I'm telling you now, Thibodeau, I think Thibodeau is going to be a freaking beast. I really do, bro. I really yeah. do. But there's another, you know what? There's another guy that's been around here about four years now, Rick. And he's pretty pissed off. And, um, and he's coming, he wants to come back with a vengeance, and he's got a lot to prove. Um, Saquon Barkley, another oh my guy. God. Uh, another guy I've been saying, look, I think this guy is going to have a pretty good year, too. He's on a mission, bro. Rick, what do you think about Saquon here this year? Oh, my oh my boy, Android 26. That's what I call him. I call him an Android. I, I love Saquon. You know, what, what, what bothered me about the Saquon situation was, all right, I'm just going to be transparent. We draft the runner back at two with no offensive line, okay? When the when the when the Cowboys took Zeke, I mean they had the best line of football. It, it's acceptable, right? So I'm like, we get this guy Saquon, and we never get a chance to see what he can do because he has no holes. I mean, he's running behind one of the worst lines in the league, and I just want kind of like Daniel Jones with the offensive line as well. I think Saquon Barkley is going to tear it up behind this offensive line with Glowinski, Evan Neal, Shane Lemieux coming back. I think Saquon's going to be great. Remember, it's not the first year you come back off the ACL surgery. It's right. always the second year. Yeah. So I think he's fully healthy. He right. wants that money. You guys are scaring me with the whole, you know, you don't know Joe Shane's going to pay him no matter how good he pays. Right. That kind of scares me a little bit. I, I would like Just to see more, more because of the position, though, Fisk. That's all. I agree. But the, you know what? You know what, guys? I I'm not. I don't want to bash the Giants because I'm pro Giants on everything, even if, to the detriment. But listen, after Tiki and Jacobs, 
can we pay Saquon? I don't want to go back to the dark wall, Rashard Jennings. Oh, listen. Running backs aren't that Chris, replaceable. From, from, from a personal standpoint, I'm tired of buying my kids different jerseys. I, kid, come on. Like, can we wear Saquon for like at least five years? Agreed. Uh, everybody else is gone now. So, listen, selfishly, I hear you. But yeah, we're, we're not just, the 49ers who just pluck Elijah Mitchell and, and got and wrote Mozart's out of the blue. You know, we're not the 49ers, okay? We went we went a solid eight years until we got Saquon. Like, let's let's pump the brakes on the whole running backs a replaceable thing. Well, listen, Rick. A lot of teams, you know, they win games. You know, you know, now with stud running backs, you know, they're, they're good backs. And look, we, we at Joe Shane and Dable, we're going to see what their philosophy is next year with with Saquon. Even if Saquon has a real big year, we're going to see like what's the price. What would be the price tag for Saquon, for a running back? You know, does Joe Shane value running backs? Uh, you know, that we're going to find that out next year, especially if Saquon has a pretty good year, you know, so. Hey, you know, let me ask you all a question real quick. I hate to interrupt. No, um, interrupting good. I did a video a few months ago, and it was, look, I'm a fan. You guys are the pros who get to ask the real questions. I just speak my mind from a fan's perspective, Okay. So from a fan's perspective, I, I looked at it like this. And as a sports better who plays the market a lot, Saquon is an asset, a very, very good asset at its absolute lowest value. There's a piece of me that felt like, can we lowball this guy right now and pay him now? Get him for $10 million, maybe $11 million, Instead of bringing in this offensive guru, Brian Dable, giving Saquon Barkley a top five running back season, and now he wants 15, 16 like Kamara McCaffrey. I know we have a bad cap situation, even though the Rams have just proven that the cap doesn't exist. I don't want to talk about that. That's amazing. You know, the Rams, like, you know, but I'm just saying in general, how, do you, how would you guys have felt if Joe Shane said, you know what? Let me get this guy on the cheap before Brian Dable makes him a star. You know, mm-hmm. how y'all feel about that? Mm. I, I, like nine, ten million. Yeah, I would have had a problem with that, but I'm not giving a running back sixteen, seventeen, eighteen million. That I'm not but doing. You think he asks for that if he has a no, great no? He's, listen, Saquon's got to prove it. You know, listen, he's been injured. You know, so no, uh, Chris, do you think he will ask for that if he has a good year? Oh, without question, he's going to ask for fifteen. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, yeah. that's what the running back value. You know, that's what the running back market is with these top yeah, backs. I, I think if they were to be able to pull that off, Fisk, I, I think. We'd both be okay with that, but it's just, it, uh, you know, if you're Saquon, there's no way you would have accepted that. You're going to bet on yourself. Oh, really? Especially you think he turned it down? I think he would have. I, absolutely. I think he wants to bet mm-hmm. on himself. Well, I think, but, I think Saquon is, is going to, you know, come back, prove he's Saquon again, and looking for yeah. that McCaffrey number. So yeah. let me ask you a follow-up question then, because it's interesting you say he would have turned it down. So mm-hmm. if Saquon does have that bounce-back year, he plays great this season. Right. Do you think he gives us a discount to stay in the offense that no that he no works nah. instead of trying to go somewhere else and not being able to, you know, put up those numbers? Because if we saw where he was two years under Garrett, and I just feel like if Brian Dable comes in, makes you the focal point of the offense, you know, the wheel, the infamous wheel routes out of the backfield <laughs> and things of that nature. So it's like if if you know you work. In this offense, you know, you love Daniel Jones. He's your boy. And I feel like why wouldn't you give us some kind of a discount to stay with the team you know you're going to do well under? Mm. Yeah. Well, I just think it's unrealistic. I can't answer for Saquon. Uh, I don't think he would. I mean, uh, what discount are we talking? One, two million? I, I don't know what you exactly know. I'd say $12 million instead of 15 no. Oh, I don't know about that. No. 
Listen, it's still yeah. a business, man. I mean, I, I, it's still a business. And um, George, George Young, when even when they say it's not about the money, it's about the money. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, no I'm not going to speak for Saquon. I'll, I'll never say never because I, you know, unless Saquon personally told me that, no, I would take less. But I would say no right now if that was the case. I, I would not. I would say no. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, you know he he might be hurting right now. That that whole Bitcoin thing, I don't know. See, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he might be hurting right, right now. Like half Bitcoin from its peak, thing. right? Yeah. Look, uh, you know, Rick. We're, you know, we're back in the locker room this year, and now we're back to like kind of you know going off to the side and grabbing guys on the side and talking to them personally and this and that. And uh, you know, that's something. <laughs> hey, Saquon, imagine if this. You know, you you. You know, not that he would ever give me the answer, but look, Saquon's a great kid and all that, but I, I don't I don't see him doing that. I you know. And not if somebody else came along and offered him three or four million more and so we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll let, let's let, let him have that good year for it. Let him be healthy for seventeen. Let him have that big year and then that's something that'll work itself out next year. Hey, Hi, Fisk, listen, we're gonna get to questions now. We're about forty five minutes in, unless there's something else we wanna cover real quick. Um, I want to ha- I want to let you enjoy this part of it, and you're going to answer questions with us because I know there's going to be somewhere we probably disagree on right off the bat. So, <laughs> is there anything else, Chris? You wanted to touch on or no? No, let's questions? get to some questions. Yeah, let him let him answer some questions. All right, cool. So the first, two, there's two good ones right off the bat that I want to <laughs> kind of combine. Okay. So Kadarius Joni asks, "What are your thoughts on the Odell trade now that Jabril is gone, O'Shane is buried in the depth chart, and Odell is a Super Bowl champion?" But I also want to combine it with this one. Chris, you mentioned numerous times that you, you enjoyed covering Odell. Yeah, right. But many in the media made him out to be a cancer in the Giants locker room. Where do you think the perception stemmed from? FYI, I firmly agree with Jerry at the time and wanted him gone from the team. So two things. First, you know, what do you think of the trade now? And second, Chris, mm-hmm. you know, you, know you, you can expand on it, but where do you think that came from? The, uh, yeah, well, the I'm going to say this again, and I said it back then, Okay. Odell was never a cancer in the locker room. Never. Okay? Now, Odell's antics weren't mixing with Dave Gettleman and what they wanted to do. Because, you know, let's face it. I mean, Odell's did some stupid crap, right? His antics kind of wore. I mean, then they give him the contract and then they trade him. All right? So, whatever, you know, that was, that was weird. We all know that. But... Odell also did some things that the Giants were fed up with. Yeah, the, Locker the room-wise... Running, the, the running off the field for water. Sorry. I mean, running off the... You know, he, he was doing some things the Giants weren't digging anymore, and they wanted to move on from him. Now, you could question it all you want. You could like it. You could disagree. You could agree with Gettleman and all that stuff. I get it. And I get it. And we were fed up with it too, Jerry, a lot of the answer. When he got traded, I was like, okay, yes. Odell, enough... You, you with the, you with some girl looks like you with some coke your pizza you you bad mouth and yeah, <coughs> and I get it and I get it but I, I'll always defend Odell Becker with this always Jerry he was never a cancer in the locker room that is right. absolutely not true okay he did not yeah. disrupt that locker room he wasn't a look at me I'm the biggest star don't talk to me type guy and all that that he was never that in the locker room. His off-field antics and some of his on-field antics wore thin with the Giants, and they wanted to move on from him. Look, you agree with it? Don't agree with it? You know, that's up to you. But I, I'll always defend Odell with that cancer stuff. Real quick, before you jump in, Fisk, I, I, the, the one thing that always stuck out was when he got his contract, how he celebrated in the locker room and how everybody was happy with him. Like, that was pretty cool. Like, yeah. that showed you right there 
Not a cancer in the locker room, like you say. Go ahead, Fisk. All right, well, two things. Yeah. First thing, Dave Gettleman did it to me twice because I live here in Carolina, and I've actually watched more Panther games than Giants fans. He got rid of Steve Smith a decade ago. That <laughs> happened. And then he comes to my favorite team, and he gets rid of Odell. Like, I, he did it to me twice. Double whammy for Fisk. Double whammy for Gettleman, <laughs> you know. But I actually – all right, so the trade was an abomination, okay? Let's – it was an abomination. Jabril Peppers isn't here. O'Shea can even get on the field this year. He I won't mean, even the, make the team, probably. Exactly. The, the trade was an abomination. But I have to ask you guys a question because I've been. This has been on my mind for a while now. So I want to ask y'all a question. Why on earth would you trade Odell Beckham, draft a rookie quarterback, and then go sign an old, washed-up Golden Tate? Who, karma, as fate would have it, fellas, Golden Tate had more off-field issues with us. We might as well have kept Odell. He had the fight with Jalen Ramsey at the Rams game. He His wife calls out Daniel Jones on Twitter. And he gets popped for something where he gets suspended for a couple games. Rick. As fate would have it, karma hit us for the Odell back on trade anyway. Ain't that something? Rick, I'm going to answer that question right now. You ready? I'm ready. The guy who made those moves, is he still a general manager? <laughs> Absolutely not. There you go. Absolutely not. Also, let me just add, it's also what they did with those picks, right? You, you drafted Dexter Lawrence and you drafted O'Shane Zimenez. Nobody gets excited about Old Dominion defensive ends, no matter how much they talk them up. And, look, Dexter Lawrence, we like him, but if you drafted Montez Sweat or DK Metcalf, it's a whole different conversation. It's, it's more, I think, what they did with those picks than anything else. Jabril Peppers was a nice player. Turned out to be, you know, he's, he was okay. But it, I, I had an issue more with, with what they did with those picks. Uh, but Rick, so. I mean, How Dexter, did you I mean Dex, Dexter Lawrence is a nice player, but he's not a 17th overall talent. No. Right. Not even right. close. Right. I'm still trying to figure out how you get rid of, what was Odell, 26 at the time? You get rid of a 25, 26-year-old and you go get a 30-year-old and give him what? What, what? what was it, a 35, $40 million contract we gave Golden Tate? It was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. It, it made no money, sense. I just. Yeah. It, All right. Uh, we need a 30 for 30 on that trade. <laughs> 30 for 30. Let's go to the next That's one. Great. That's great. Yeah, awesome. That is That's great. Funny. All right, let's go to the next one. Rich Redman, for both of you. Actually, for all three of us. Would you rather all your favorite teams won their championships for the next three years or never have to pay for gas and food again? And for the record, Chris, Rich is a Red Sox fan. So take all four sports that you guys like. Would, would you rather have all four of your teams dominate for three years, so 12 championships, or never pay for food or gas for the rest of your life? I don't think the question's that easy to answer, but go ahead. I'll let you guys go first. Um, okay. This, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. This is easy. This is very easy. Okay. Number one, the Giants get a Super Bowl every decade. Okay. So we'll find a way to get a ring this year, I ain't, this decade. I'm not worried about that. Every mm -hmm. decade since the 80s, we find a way to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. LeBron will win another NBA championship with the Lakers. I'm not worried about that. You're a Lakers fan? I'm a LeBron fan. Okay. And then. I think you're dreaming there, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, oh he's the GOAT. He'll figure it out. And then, right. and then we got the Yankees, who are the best team in baseball right now. Just oh. set the home run record for the month of June. The best pitching staff in all of baseball. It's not even close. We're winning the championship this year. 
I'll go ahead and pay for the. Uh, I'll go ahead and take my free gas and my free food because all three of my teams will be winning shorts. Go yeah. to the mic, Rick. Go ahead, Chris. Rick, you there? Oh yes, okay, I said okay, all three there. of my teams will be winning shortly. You know, Yankees in October. Yeah, but the, the question is also you're not worried about. Yeah, it. I'm. I'm. G- yeah. Give me the free food. All right, so Rick, so you're banking on LeBron, who's not winning anything anymore. Okay, that's number one. Number two, okay. Um, the Yankees, very good chance, but they should have got swept by the Astros over the weekend. All right, so don't get too excited yet. And the Giants once. But the question was, like, for the next three years, right, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Jerry? Yeah. Yes. For the next – if all four of my teams could win a championship for the next three years, I'd probably yeah. go with that, bro, over the gas and the food. Yeah, I'll just, I, would cut back on, I would cut back on food. I don't care. I, I just. Yeah, I think I would get, go with that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Pay, you know. Yeah, I don't think it's an easy answer. Like the Rangers haven't won since '94. Before that was 1940. I'll take three in a row. Giants three in a row. The bragging for three years. I mean, those two. Teams I mean, well, well, you put it that way, Daniel Tell you Jones. What, dude, I do two teams. Bowls. I don't even care about the Yankees. <laughs> I would do it for two teams. Yeah, right. And you know what? Okay, you know I changed my mind. You know, you know what? Actually, yeah. Of course, your boy mind. LeBron ain't winning nothing anymore, bro. Oh, you know, what? You, oh, you know what? I didn't think of it that way. Wait a minute. That oh, is he gonna win Westbrook? Oh, Westbrook is fine. Westbrook's <laughs> fine. LeBron oh, won a twelve off appeal last year. Chris. 18, 7, and 7 is better than those triple singles that Draymond's putting up. Did you, I don't make, mean, did you make the playoffs last year? That's Frank Vogel's fault, okay? He, oh, it's Vogel's fault. Vogel <laughs> okay. okay. Rob Pelinka yeah. put together that horrible team that didn't have shooters. They quit on Vogel. They, in Darvin Ham, we trust. It, it's going to be better. Le, LeBron's not missing the playoffs two straight seasons. It's, it's not happening. And then... You know what? After all the crap I talk for Daniel Jones, after all the crap, all the trolling I take for Daniel Jones, you know what? Him winning three straight Super Bowls, I'll never shut up. Y'all think I talk bad. Y'all think I talk a lot about Daniel Jones now. Let that guy win three Super Bowls. Please. <laughs> Plus, Please. if your team's so win three in a row. You change your answer. You change yeah. your answer. I have changed yeah, If your team's win three in a row, too, you can say the D word, Dynasty. So... Yeah, I'm going, I'm, Jerry, I'm going with the three in a row, bro. I'll pay for the yeah. gas and the food, bro, like I'm doing I'm now. I'm going two teams. I don't even care about the Yankees. I, that's what I'm saying. I'll do it for Yankees. two teams. Jerry. Jerry, the Yankees, I mean. Oh, no, no, on, I'm man. saying. I'm saying I would even. I would, if Yankees, you can add it. Go ahead. But I would even. I'm saying I would even you know, Jerry's settle saying for he'll two. He'll even do it with two teams, Jerry. I'll saying. settle for two teams. All right. All right. Next one. Uh, NY Sportafan199. Jerry, believe it or not, never been to a regular season game before. I'll be attending the home opener. I need suggestions. What time do I arrive? Where's the best place to tailgate? Um, yeah, eight o'clock when they open, and contact Giants Carb Crush because he's got a bunch of folks that you can just pay like thirty bucks and eat and drink all day. It's an amazing experience. So that's the Twitter account you contact for that. Um, Joey Z, Chris, what type of training camp do you think Dable's going to run? More relaxed than Joe Judge used to run? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, a little, a little, a little more relaxed. You're not going to yeah. see people running, push-ups, all that stuff. Yeah. I think he got a little taste of it. He skipped the last day of mini camp, um, but he'll he'll put the foot on the gas when he has to, you know. But I think a little, it'll be a little. Look, it was a lot more relaxed around around the facility and off-season program. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a lot more relaxed in training camp. Hey, Chris, quick question. Yeah, were were the Joe Judge? 
profanity was it was, were they that epic was it really like a scorsese uh, film? it was crazy scorsese. It, it was it was stupid at times yeah it was. oh really that uh, bad it was a lot of f-bombs um and it's just you know what at first it was like oh wow okay this is the way and then after a while it was like come on come on coach relax now you know what i mean it was you know, oh. after a while, after a while, at times, put it that way, it was a little like too much, you know. Oh, okay. All right, guys. Greg Haywood is a good one for both of you. We'll we'll let you lead this one off first, Fisk. Who finishes fourth in the NFC East this season, and is there meaningful football for the New York Football Giants after Thanksgiving? Oh, that's easy. Oh, Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Washington will finish fourth. And the Giants are winning the division, so of course it'll be meaningful. <laughs> and, and I'm not even joking when I say that. I mean, Daniel Jones has played well against that Eagle team. Jalen Hurst doesn't play too well against us. And then we the, – the, my okay, the Cowboys are taking a step back. All right, let's call a spade a spade. I agree with that. I agree with that. You yeah. know, and then with Dak, you know, funny stat. I actually brought this stat up. I'm glad you – I'm glad this – you know, through Daniel Jones' first three years, he had six 300-yard passing games. You know, through Dak Prescott's first three years, he only had five. Let that sink in. Everybody thinks Dak is some prolific quarterback when, at the end of the day, he's just a game manager. So that he's, he's just yeah, a game manager. I'm not a, I'm not a Dak. I'm not going to sit here and defend Dak. I'm not a Dak guy. Yeah, so, I mean, come on, fellas. Look, Daniel Jones. I don't know what that game manager, though. You know what? You, know, you just brought up something interesting, Fisk. Nice job. You look at this division at quarterback – is there a clear-cut guy that you say, I want starting? I mean, I guess you'd have to say Dak. No. But it's because of past experience. Like, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts is a huge question mark. Jones is a question mark, too. But, I don't know. You got me thinking there, buddy. Nice job. Thanks, yeah. thanks, thanks. Yeah. Um, Larry, non-Giants question. Jerry and Chris, just want to see you guys do an awesome job. Uh, we've answered this before. Chris Apaison from the city. How the hell do you root for the Red Sox? We've explained that before, Larry. He grew up a Red Sox fan, dude. That's uh, so funny when people get mad at that. Um, let's see. Do a couple more. Uh, Richie Wood is rooting for DJ. Here we go. Cody Jens slash Jones Believer. So one of your fans, Fisk. Yes. Uh, who would benefit more from the addition of Kayvon? Aziz or the secondary have to cover for less time? So who's going to cover more from Thib- Thibodeau? Um, who's going to benefit more, uh, Aziz or the secondary? It all goes hand in hand, man. It all goes yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. Shout out to Cody. He's one of my uh, loyal subscribers. Shout out to Cody. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, I'm awesome. gonna I'm gonna say Aziz because he got eight and a half sacks last year. He didn't have any help on the opposite side. I think he's gonna have a monster season. So, I love so, Aziz. Hold that thought. Quez the Finesser asks next question. How many sacks does Aziz have? Mm, between 12 and 15. I was going to say 12. Yeah. I'm going 12. Definitely double looks digits. Like, looks like there's followers of yours, dude. Does, does Darius Slayton make the roster? You must talk <laughs> about that on your YouTube. <laughs> he better not. He Put David Stills in there. I'm sorry. No, no. But don't. Look, you know, all jokes aside, I don't want to rip Darius Slayton. He's a good guy. But look, sometimes you need a fresh start. I, I don't think he recovers. From that drop versus Washington. Kind of like Evan Ingram never recovered from the Eagle drop. Sometimes you need to change the scenery. I actually think Evan Ingram might be pretty good for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Sometimes you just need to change the scenery. I, I think good. Slayton just might need to change the scenery. All jokes aside, I don't think he's going to make it here. 
right, we're going to go two more. Richie Wood, actually, I'm going to ask his question. It's a good one. You're not going to like it, Fisk. Greetings from Dublin, Ireland. Worst case scenario, Daniel Jones struggles from the start. What week do you guys reckon it will be before we see Tyrod? I hope it doesn't happen, but hey, hey, what can I do, Jerry? I'm rooting for DJ. All the best. (laughs) Hashtag Irish buffoon. What's the over-under, Chris, on Tyrod Taylor if Jones struggles? Four. Wow. Wow. That's soon. Holy crap. Chris. Four or five. If Daniel struggles? Yeah. Give him September. Give him four. No, oh no, God. no! It's not gonna. Ha- right, look, it, 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 well, I hate talking struggle, about it when it comes to Daniel. It's, if no. he struggles, Fisk, try to try to look through your Duke Blue Devil colored glasses. <laughs> yes, go Duke. But um, look, okay. Here's the thing: it if he's str- struggling for Daniel Jones is basically being what he's been the past two years, which is good enough to win games. So even if he's struggling, I don't think he gets pulled. I think we'd have to lose a lot of games for him to get pulled. If Daniel Jones just goes out there and, co- and coordinates the offense, we'll still win games. Our defense is pretty good. Our offensive line has improved. We hand the ball to Saquon. So, I mean, even if Daniel struggles, we'd have to lose games for him to get pulled. Am I wrong? Uh, depends how they're losing. Yeah, if Daniel's part of the reason, if Daniel's one of the main reasons why they're losing, then they got Tyrod. You know, now, the, who the to the if person playing, that actually, you know, look, look. There's, there's still question marks here. Like, we can't just say, "Ah, oh, the offensive line is gonna be really good, or it's gonna be much improved." We don't know yet. We're gonna have to yeah. see. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah defense, we're gonna have to see. You know, uh, they look like they're gonna be much improved. Hopefully, you know, we'll see. But you know, Wink is gonna play a system. He's gonna be very aggressive. We might get lit up the first three weeks against teams. We don't know yeah. on the back end. Yeah. Good point. As far as Daniel, good if point. they're losing games, tough. You know, if they're losing some games, and Daniel's one of the main reasons why. That and that why is that, Chris? Well, bad interceptions, a couple of bad turnovers, missed the guy here. We guys open it could have been a big a big play, in the, stuff like that. That's all I'm saying. You know, then uh, that's what you got Tyrod for, brother. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go two more. One's a throwaway question, but I gotta ask it. Kyle Johnson, why wasn't I picked? That's just the question, Kyle. You saw the randomness of the selection process, buddy. That's why we love you, buddy. Second question, last one for the night, Oscar Nieves. Do you think Dable's the type of coach who can rein and wink and tell him to not go zero blitz on third and 20? Uh, <laughs> um, well, he's going to leave the defense to wink, but look, that's what part of, that's what head coaches do, bro. You, you, you know, when that call comes in, when they, you know, when they switch over to the defense, the defense side yeah. on that headset, and he makes a call like that. You know, that's something I remember Adam Gase regretted a couple of years ago with Greg Williams not stopping that call when yeah. Greg Williams called that zero blitz against the Raiders at the end of that game yeah. and they lost. Yeah, it was uh, the Ruggs, I think, scored. Yeah. I, you know, look, I, I, Dables, I don't think Dables is going to be a guy like, okay, just leave everything to the defense. I'm not going to be involved at all. So hopefully, I'm hoping Dables are all hands-on approach head coach because to me, that's what you're supposed to be as a head coach, bro. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Um, real, real quick. Uh, Jets fans need to relax, okay? May y- y- y'all had no business winning that game anyway. Y'all, you weren't y- y'all track to get Trevor Lawrence until y'all mess around and win a game. Like, come on now. Jets fans made a whole big fuss about that 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 call. That was like, a bad call, though. But <laughs> it was a bad call. I give you that. But you're supposed to lose at that point, like. Why are you winning? <laughs> like, for what? 
But as far as the question goes, uh, you you can't tell the players on the field that the players on the field look to win, bro. They don't give a shit about draft picks and like that. They look to win. Front offices, that's a different story at times, but not yeah. the players on the field, though, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, look, if Harborough, Harborough, he's a he's a maniac on the sideline. If Harborough couldn't calm down, wink, I think you know. Hey, look, the guy was calling zero blitzes with, with, with freaking guys from the stands playing cornerback. He really was. Yeah. That's just what he does. I don't think you yeah. can hone that in. Yeah, yeah. Look, like like you said, Harbaugh kind of got fed up with it, and they, and they wanted to go a little different direction there. And that was one of the main reasons why. I, somebody kind of told me that on the side. Like, look, uh, a lot of stuff last year when teams crossed the 50-yard line, Harbaugh wanted to do it different. Wink didn't, and they had a little different, you know, they wanted to change it up as far as philosophy-wise, and that's why Harbaugh did it. So would you ever lose, because we just had Graham, who just loved those cover two, cover fours. So would you ever lose by him be, him calling a bomb blitz on third and ten or Graham sending a, uh, sitting, sending a three-man no, rush? Rather lose on the blitz. Okay, Absolutely. that's where yeah. I'm at with it, too. Those yep. three-man yeah. rushes were killing me. Look, 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 look. Getting back to the Jet game, they had a rookie, some rookie – Corner covering, I think it was Henry Ruggs at the time. It was Ruggs. Okay, so I'm not just going to commit and say, oh, no, you know, I want to lose. Call a zero. I want to go out in flames like that. Not if I have a kid. If I got a, a Cordell Flott out there against a true number one, say say Green Base, uh, or say uh, who, we, who we played first game. Um, Tennessee. 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 Okay. I don't, they don't even have a true number one. AJ's gone. and Well, whatever. Anyway, you got to, you know, and you get burnt by a, a real good receiver against a kid that's on an island by himself that's a rookie or a kid. Now, I'm going to have a problem with that. I'm going I'm to tell you that right now. I'm going to have a problem with that. So, do I like aggressiveness? Yeah, sure. But I don't like stupidity either. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I you know, the, the rugs play, I'm trying to think, was in the, was in the last seconds of the game. Yeah, yeah dude, it was, it was like a right, backup so corner or a little different. corner. That is, a, that, is, that is a little different, right? That's that's play, but like, okay, that's can a little I, different, can I play right? Devil's like advocate losing, real quick? What's that? Can I play devil's advocate real quick? Yeah, So in. if you, the conservative guys, right, you look at the Hopkins Hail Mary, Leslie Frazier got too conservative, gave them time to get down the field, they got the Hail Mary. And then you also I hate to I hate to bash Leslie Frazier, but if you look how conservative he played against Kansas City with thirteen totally. seconds left, maybe yeah. if he blitzes you Kelsey yeah, yeah. can't catch that ball. No, no, that's 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 different that's different. That's not what it's I'm also talking the, about. I'm not talking scenario. about sitting back right. and being right. in a cover two shell, you know. Right. You know, and, and, and no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just being smart with your personnel at well, times. Yeah. That, I, I, my point is like third and ten, a minute fourth and ten. Minute forty to go. Aaron Rodgers is, is is we're going against Green Bay. I want to see a blitz at him rather than sitting back and trying to stop that fourth and ten. Yeah. So in that scenario, I want to see the blitz when it's last seconds like that. Yeah, no, that's that's. Oh, Jerry, that's, you, that look, Jerry, different. you could send a fifth guy, a fourth, fifth guy without cover yeah. zero. You know what I mean? Sure, that's fair. You right. know, that's all I'm right. saying. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. Oh, all right, first listen, man. Yeah, man. Tell tell everyone uh, where they can find you, bud. Yes, at Twitter, at Bully Fisk on Twitter, and my YouTube channel, Fist Vegas Blue. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. We are on the road to 6K before week one. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Fist Vegas Blue if you want to hear more of my content. Look, I preach hope, prosperity, 
and unity on my channel, okay? I don't bash the Giants until I absolutely have to. I can't defend free sodas. That's not even a large. And I can't defend QB sneaks, okay? So outside of the whole situation, <laughs> I try to be positive about my team. Because, listen, let's face it, guys. How can we – we deserve to be happy. We deserve that. We went from boat trips to QB sneaks, the Eagles tanking in the, at the final game of the season. Yeah. We've been through enough. It's yes. our turn to have a good season. Enough. We've been through enough. Yep. You know, so let's be well, happy. Good. The Eagle fans are talking too much. Cowboy fans are talking too much. Washington's convinced themselves that Carson Wentz is good. Like, if they can be happy, we can be happy. Like, stop being so negative about the team on Twitter and in my comment section. Like, let's be yeah, happy. Look, I know. We got to turn that around. You know, so hopefully that turns around. Um, Rick. Fisk Vegas, I hope you had a good time, brother. It was a pleasure I having you it. on. Um, and I hope to, uh, we'll talk soon. We'll interact on Twitter, man. I hope I hope everything. Uh, I hope I hope you had a blast, brother. I did. I really enjoyed it. You guys are the best in the business. I listen to your podcast weekly. You know, diehard fans. So you know, and and then one more thing, the whole just piece. subscribe, buddy. Just subscribe. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. That's another. Absolutely. I appreciate that. But I can't let Chris slide on this. You said Biggie was the greatest rapper of all time. I'm going with my boy 50. I just had, and I'm going Jay-Z too. I got well, Jay-Z and 50 ahead of Biggie. Yeah. I had to bring that up. Yeah, well, look, I, I, I respect that. I, I just, I knew Big Chris from Brooklyn. I had, oh. I had a little, uh, uh, you know, I happened to know him a few times. I had some connection with Chris, and uh, so I always favored him. But, Look, I respect it. I respect your Queens guy, bro. I get you. <laughs> yes. But 50, but but 50's not 50's not even in big. Come on, he's not wasn't even oh, big in class. But I'm not gonna we'll argue some other time in that, my man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I I'm gonna agree with that one, Chris. <laughs> but hey, listen, it's what, it's whatever you like. Yeah, you know, on the West Coast, I'll still go with my boy Cube. I gotta be honest with you. Oh, I love Cube. Good yeah, pick. I'll still go with Cube on the West, um, you know, and all that. So but listen, Rick, it's been a pleasure, bro. We got to wrap this up. We'll interact soon again, maybe. And um, take care, man. You have a enjoy the season, enjoy the training camp, and all that, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks for the new subscription. And um, yeah, it's been a blast. I really appreciate it. All right, pal. Stuff, take man. care. Thanks, buddy. Hey, you do the same. All right, so yeah, no, that was look, look, that was a lot of fun, man. Uh, uh, that, uh, Ricky, Ricky from uh, Fisk Vegas was excellent. Um, it was good. I'm glad we did it, Jerry. You know. It was, yeah, uh, good it was, stuff. It was, it was good stuff. So uh, yeah. we'll talk next week. We'll get back into camp, and uh, we'll see where we're at, bud. Nice job, man. Uh, we'll do that. We'll have to do that again. All right, guys. To order a subscription to the Giant Insider, go to www.thegiantinsider.com, and go to magster.com for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. All right, guys. Remember, Sundays are Giant Days, baby. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.